Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Football Friday. Woohoo! And we're excited to be here on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Man, the fantasy goodness last night. It did not go under. I did not put my money where my mouth is, so I hope you weren't listening. I know it was six and three heading into last night, but I don't know. I just went with my gut, and it was a terrible call. Uh, there's too many defenders out, and you know what does that meant, Dane? Is that nobody could be stopped, not Kirk yeah. Cousins. Well, actually, one guy, Dalvin Cook, played him in a league. I was forced right. into it. Chris McCaffrey was on a bye, so what are you going to do? But <sighs> Jared Goff, we talked about it yesterday. Not going to pat us on the back too much, but we talked about it yesterday. It said, I don't think enough people are talking about how well this guy is playing. He's killing it. And going into last night, last week, he had gone 29 of 36 for 354 with three scores in that week three game. Last night, he one-ups himself, and he goes for 26 for 33, 465, five scores, a perfect passer rating at 158.3. Uh, if you want to get into QBR on ESPN, that's a 95.8. I don't, I, I can't tell you exactly how that's calculated, but they very rarely put scores up there in that 95.8. He was brilliant last night. The throw to cup in the back of the end zone was unreal. Yeah. He was hitting guys down the seam, and Kirk Cousins wasn't too shabby either. He was under a little bit more pressure in the second half, but nonetheless. Uh, the Rams come out on top, a, a blistering first half, which almost went over in the first half alone. Uh, he had some longer sustained drives in the second half. But Jared Goff, right now, uh, let's just say, let's play things out the way th- we think they're going to play out. And you know, Pat Mahomes gets a win, and some of these other guys. Jared Goff, right now, is the MVP of the league, along with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, Jared Goff has been great. 26 of 33, 465 yards, five touchdowns, as you said. And I'll tell you this, you know, you made the point. The cup, the, the throw to Cup in the end zone in the corner, incredible throw. The throw to Brandon right. Cooks for the touchdown. The throw to Brandon yeah. Cooks for the touchdown. There was good coverage there, you know. There were good coverage on a couple of these throws. But Jared Goff is certainly kind of announcing himself. I give you that. And you know, you know, Blue, how I talk about the fantasy herd, right? And how um, you can't pick which wide receiver is going to be the guy for the Rams. Exactly. And the one thing I always say, you know, I talk about the fantasy herd as it relates to the skill position players. But the other part I say on this is that when you have an offense that is a fantasy herd, 
I will take the shepherd of that herd. That's the aggregate of all of the production, right? And in this case, boy, is that Jared Goff, right? Like, you may have had Cup, you may have had Cooks, you may have had Woods. You got a touchdown out of whichever wide receiver it was. But, you know, he's spreading it around. He's the shepherd of the herd. Jared Goff continues. He'll have weapons. He'll be able to spread it around and have mismatches week to week. And that's not even considering, you know, 57-yard catches by Todd Gurley out of the backfield. Yeah, so uh, incredible night for him. As Dane said, it was valuable all the way around. The only guy that, if you started him, that disappointed you was Dalvin Cook. I know Kyle Rudolph didn't get in the end zone, but you had points everywhere. Now, I'm in this Scott Fishbowl League, just to give everybody a sense. Uh, I'm having a really good start to the season. Through three weeks, there's 900 teams in this. It's a very large industry and fan combination league. I'm seventh out of 900. I'm having a really good start. Uh, and I'm 3-0, and but I ran into a buzzsaw last night, a guy named Joel Davis. Um, he is he had Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. He put up 87 points. Fortunately, a, I was going against him with Thielen and Woods, so I put up 48 between two players. So he's got a big lead on me. But I'm not out of it yet. Uh, But it it also illustrates how many points there were to go around. Just to go down the list, Goff, 39.3 points. Uh, Cooper Cup comes in second, and he was 9 of 162 with the two touchdowns, both in the first half. Kirk Cousins had 31.7 points. This is all according to ESPN scoring I'm looking at because he was 36 of 50 for 422 and three scores. And as Dane and I talked about before the break, they badly mismanaged the end of the first half there, uh, not calling a timeout after the first yeah. down, and they fa- basically forced themselves into a Or spiking goal. it right away. Yeah, either way could have gotten them. I don't like – I mean, in that situation, a spike is okay because you're not going to run – you're not going to get the fourth down so anyway, right? There will, it would have only been about 21 seconds left uh, by my count. Let's even be conservative. It would have been down to, say, 18 seconds. That's two shots at the end zone before you have to mm-hmm. kick the field goal. And the way they were playing, the way Marcus Peters was clearly not healthy, they had opportunities to take advantage. John Johnson right. uh, was getting smoked uh, down the middle of the field. Uh, former Boston College guy, by the way. So I uh, had my eyes <laughs> on him. But nonetheless... Uh, Cousins was on fire. Adam Thielen comes in at 27.5 points, 8 for 135, and a score on 12 targets. Again, Adam Thielen, double-digit targets, fourth week in a row. So uh, we'll see if the other four guys that I mentioned yesterday Mm. can keep that up. Brandon Cook, 7 for 116 and a touchdown on six targets. Very, I mean, I'm sorry, on eight targets. It's 25.6. Todd Gurley. 21 touches overall. It's 156, 156 yards and a touchdown. Crazy. 25.6 points. This all in one game. It's amazing. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, 11 for 123. 15 targets for Diggs, 23.3. Robert Woods. <laughs> Robert Woods, 5 for 101 and a score on all five targets. He caught a pass. Sure. 100% <laughs> catch rate, 21.1. You, like you, you want like to go that? really deep? If you started this guy, you're brilliant. I'll bet he was in some. Oh, number one waiver wire ad, Aldrick Robinson. (laughs) Aldrick Robinson, two for 33, both for touchdowns on two touchdowns. You like that? Kyle Rudolph, five for 57 for six. And even, hell, even Laquan Treadwell caught four passes for 47 yards, dropped a couple, 
Aikman was rough on him, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's probably fair because it was rough. So, I mean, hopefully you weren't putting Latavius Murray out there. Like I said, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook is really the one guy that was disappointing. Um, as, as we talked about prior to the show, game flow had a lot to do with that. Uh, he was 10 of 20. He, they did not target him in the pass game. Frankly, I think it would have been smart to rest him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't know that that was going to be the game flow. Maybe Cook would have been okay if they gave him the ball 20 times and the game set up a little bit differently. But this guy's coming on off an injury. You didn't give him that extra second week to heal at all. You just pushed him out there a few days after the game against a really tough defense. And you're like, all right, you should be fine. I don't know. I might have gone with Murray uh, last night. I just wouldn't want it to create a longer right, a longer term he's he's already coming off of an acl injury we talked about this like i very i i took dalvin cook in one league i've told you many times in the past sometimes i have a hedge league where i was like let me right. take some guys that i didn't really love through all my other drafts so i did that with one i, I don't do the entire team because i would hate it but dalvin cook uh, was one of those guys. Very concerned about him. I think by the end of the year, though, back half of the fantasy season, Dane, is where you're really going to see the value for him. It's not a panic situation. I wouldn't sell on him because you'd be selling way too low. Um, I just, with him still coming off the ACL and now these other soft tissue injuries, I'm not surprised that it's been a bumpy start to the season for him. He's only played in three games, and they don't even think he has 100 yards rushing on the season yet. Yeah, it is a concern. Um 98 I yards also, through three games played. Wow. I also would have liked to see him uh, get another week to rest, and we were talking about this. But I think the um, I think the point you mentioned, though, about game flow is really interesting. You know, Dalvin Cook last night was a little bit separate. You know, the Thursday night game, the coming back from the injury, that sort of thing, right? I wonder, though, Blewett, honestly, if you are facing the Rams, or to be quite honest, if you're facing the Chiefs as well, do you start to really consider – the extremity of game script. You know what I mean? We saw, let's say against the Chiefs, we saw Big Ben put it up 60 times and James Conner only have seven rushing attempts, you know, in a game against the Chiefs. We've seen the same kind of thing. Last night, you know, last night the Vikings as a team had like, what, 12 rushing attempts, 10 from Cook, two from Murray, right? Like, do you, can you start to bank on, you know, an extreme game flow and game script when you're facing these juggernaut offenses? So like, for example, I, yeah. Mike, I, no, I you know, Monday Night Football, yeah. Monday Night Football, yeah. you got Royce Freeman and you got Philip Lindsay. Like, Royce Freeman might not be on the field much. Yeah. it's That's a difficult one in general because Lindsay is kind of surprised. Sure. Us and then, like but, like, said, conceptually, you know what I mean? People. But, no, but I, I understand what you're saying. I think, um, for example, I'll give you a, a different example, which one is the first guy that popped into my head when you were uh, sure. pointing towards this theory is if you're playing a team in a, uh, say they played, say the Titans played the Chiefs, I think you're going to be right. looking at, like, I don't think Deion this Lewis. is the week to start Derrick Henry, right? Right. Or it makes theoretic more valuable. Now, with your Washington versus backs, the Rams, it's all Chris Thompson, not Adrian Peterson, that kind of thing. Yeah, I guess, I guess the bummer about, the reason I'm concerned about the Cook thing from last night is he is a versatile back. Right. They can use him in the passing game. He would be that guy didn't. after them. Yeah, he isn't the type of guy you would bench in that scenario. They're just like, well, we're not going to – they just didn't use him in the passing game last night. Yeah. I can't really criticize the passing game. He was 36 of 50, threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. But uh, it concerns me that Cook wasn't used there. Uh, it leads me to believe, like, maybe he wasn't 100%. So why put him out there? 
Like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, I hear you. And they're they're two separate kind of points, right? The Dalvin Cook thing is, for me, about, you know, the injury and giving him more time. Kind of a separate point is it? it, it, I wonder, moving forward, if you could legitimately put stock in kind of an anticipated game script against these two teams. Yeah, I think you have to be careful with how much you weigh it. But when we're talking in the manner in which we talk is very often probability. And, you know, we're, we're trying to analyze based on probability. So there isn't there's a certain level of certainty, but not an ultimate level of certainty. So uh, I, I think that very often, you know, people take absolute stance stances in fantasy football is a bad way to do it. Um, because yeah, we think this is the way the game script is going to go. Uh, we, we feel like there's a 70% chance of this happening. You know what that means? 30% chance it doesn't happen. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, Nate, Nate, excuse me. Nate Silver Silver at 538 the model. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he, he was widely criticized. I I know it's a little bit of a tangent, but he was widely criticized Mm -hmm. for not correctly predicting the presidential election a couple of years ago. But meanwhile, his numbers were showing the gap closing leading up to the election, that there was a 32 percent. He had it like 70, 30, whereas everybody else was saying like it was like 99 to one. And then he had to say, listen, 30 percent chance means that this is what's going to happen one out of every three times. And it was 15 percent. So as uh, the months leading up to the election, he saw a greater chance of Trump beating Hillary. And he wasn't right in saying that Hillary, he thought Hillary was going to win, but Saying that there's a third of a chance that something happened, I mean, if, right. if there's a, thir- a 33% chance, separate topic, that something bad could happen to you, you wouldn't feel great right. about it. If you go about to, to board be a plane. under 1%. Yeah. If you're about to board ah, a plane to yeah, Cali, right. that's right. <laughs> like, you know, there's a 30% chance. We feel that, really good you know, about getting whatever. there and landing in LAX, but <laughs> right. third of 30% a chance. chance. Like, I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm getting I'll off. I'll be like, chill. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, Amtrak, where you at? You know, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think so, that's a very good point. You know, we have to deal in probabilities. You know, it's it's called like, um, Mike, I think the term is Occam's razor, you know, and it's yeah. like, what is the thing that is most likely to happen? Likely. Go with that's that. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what we're trying to you do. Analyze, you analyze know? Yeah, it means you analyze every single possibility that could happen and you arrive at the point which is the most likely thing to happen. So right. and uh, so facing the Chiefs, facing the Rams, what's most likely to happen is that they're going to be in the kind of, you know, hurry up shotgun two minute flow with the PPR back on the field most of the time. That's what Occam's razor tells me will happen when you are playing the Rams or the Chiefs moving forward. So tough, though. Girl, the girl is just so versatile. It, it creates so many opportunities for them. Uh, all the way around the field. Before I get back to this, BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport. Yeah, you know, play virtually every sport uh, at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events, where you can make your play at any time during the game. So BetDSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you pr- use promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com. Promo code FNTSY. So head on over to BetDSI and start winning today. So, um, you know, so that's it on that game. It's funny you you were mentioning that we had the Rams defense, which wasn't great. By the way, in in our Grand Street Tavern League that we're in, I had Cup and Thielen last night, so I'm off to a good start there. I had Woods. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Like the only guy. Like seriously, I got like twenty one out of Woods. Guy. I'll take it. Yeah, and like you can't don't complain to me about Kyle Rudolph. Complain that they threw the ball to Aldrick Robinson. I mean, I don't know where the hell that comes from, but they scored twice. They obviously were making good play calls. So, um, but on on our front, we only played. We played against Scott Engel. He benched Jared Goff, thankfully for Eli Manning. Uh, so we dodged that bullet, and we'll see what Eli does against the Saints. I wouldn't be surprised if he threw up a 28-point game or whatever. But the Rams' defense, which didn't look good, still ended up with six points because they got that fumble recovery at the end, and they threw a couple of sacks in in the second half, and it made it from a miserable – they were shut out at halftime, but we ended up picking up a few points. So the Vikings' defense obviously was horrendous, but I don't know what's going on there. Trey Wayne's left with a concussion. The whole team looked like they might have been concussed because they were just getting annihilated. Um, but there you go. I mean, it's a, it was a wild game last night, and clearly yeah. calling for the under was a terrible call by me. So let me ask you about this because, like you mentioned, we own uh, on our team that is rolling uh, in the Carton League. We own the Rams' defense. You know, one thing that I saw in this game – that I thought was an interesting point. You know, the Rams are also, you know, they got this young 30-something-year-old head coach jumping around, high-fiving people, and they are very aggressive, uh, Mike. So aggressive that on the opponent's 36-yard line in the third quarter, up by eight, they decide to eschew a 53-yard field goal or going for it straight up, and they decide to fake punt on the opponent's 36 to really go for the jugular. Here's my question, though, uh, Blewett. We have the Rams' defense, right? If Yeah. If they thicken, if uh, it is, yeah. even if it's the that's punter that throws play. the touchdown, yeah, that's an offensive really? play. Really, we wouldn't get any credit for it because it's not. No. It's not special teams. It's not a special teams play. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. So I, then, I, what if let's I, say I that pass gets that. intercepted? What if that pass got intercepted? Then would our defense get p- points off for that? No. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I would okay. say probably not. Um, okay. But I would think that would be an offensive play, and if That's you have Jared Goff, play. you just you dodge the bullet because he didn't throw it. It was actually a good right. throw, and Reynolds sure. should have fought for it. I don't know if he didn't see it, but he didn't turn back for it. I thought it was a good play call. Ficken obviously doesn't have the leg for that kick. Their their kicker Greg Zerline does, but Ficken doesn't have the leg for it. He actually missed the field goal last night, but yeah. that should be an offensive touchdown. We'll look back to see if the uh, Kevin Byer, Dane Crookshank. Big punt from a couple of weeks ago. We'll see how that one was scored to update you on that. But we're going to come back. We're going to go through a whole bunch of games, find out what the good stuff is, and then we'll make our picks for the week. It's Mike and Dane on FST on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Be right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice, we play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Mike and Dane at Fantasy Factor. It's the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contest. Sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. 
Dane was talking about Doug Flutie during the break. I mean, I'll do a whole segment on it. You want to do the history of BC football from? No, let's do that 80, after the Super Bowl. Eighty-three to eighty-three to ninety-five. I'll be locked in. So uh, we looked back. We looked back at the week two fake punt. Kevin Byard threw a sixty-six yard pass to Dane Crookshank, if I remember correctly. But uh, it's not His name was Dane. I remember that. Yeah, you say yeah. You don't you don't forget that kind of stuff. So um, there's not a lot of Danes. I mean, how many Danes are there in the NFL? Uh, there was Dane. that guy Dane Sozenbacher, also the wide receiver, the, the kid wide receiver out of Ohio State. I remember that. He was like a little that. shifty slot guy. Uh, yeah. And John Gruden loves saying his name. I'll say that. Yeah, um, John Gruden should focus on other things now. But yeah, like uh, getting a pass I, rusher. I, I, it's hard to find yeah. a good pass rusher. Over it there is difficult. <laughs> it is difficult, especially guys that are under twenty six years old and uh, the best yeah. in the world. G- so, generational talents. Yeah, that's right. So. Uh, we look back, and it's not scored anywhere on ESPN. Dane checked Yahoo. It's not scored anywhere. Uh, I'm just looking again. You know, the one touchdown pass from Gabbert, it, it, it really, that should be just an offensive play with different personnel. It would have been Hecker to Reynolds, 48, 38-yard touchdown, or however yeah. far it was. It, that's all it would have been. They shouldn't score it for your defense or anything like that. Now, you know, if Hecker punts it and they they dislodge the ball from the punt returner, and then they return oh, yeah. for a touchdown. There you go. That's you know that's a different possession of the ball. Then you're on defense and all that kind of stuff. But that really should just be an offensive play with different personnel. So uh, let's get to the games. Uh, we got a lot of games. Can I ask you one through, other thing but... about Thursday night, sure. real quick? And yes, it's sure. not something you get to see in the box score. But what did you yeah. think about them pulling Adam Thielen off the field on that third and ten play? Not I think you know that's from the whole upstairs. Point. I think yeah. it's the whole point of the entire the entire process, and he's he can be as ticked off as he wants, but I think that's why the process is in place. He was messing with his helmet. He was touching his head. He touched his head on the ground, and he touched his head when he got up. Then he touched his head when he got back to the huddle. What? It, I mean, if you're if you're gonna pull a guy off the field, it's gonna be because of that. Now, I do think that his helmet was probably uncomfortable because he got his face mask the face mask pushed back in, and he was just trying to adjust his helmet. I don't think he was concussed, but I think it's okay to get pulled off the field for one play. Yeah, it's a third and ten, and it's a crucial play at that right. point in the game, but that's what the whole system is in place for. There are too many times where we're criticizing the Patriots for not pulling Patrick Chung off the field right. or somebody else The runs, Texans with, uh, yeah. Yeah. With somebody Tom runs Savage back year, out yeah. there. Right. So that's what it's in place for. He missed one play. He had a great game. They lost because they didn't play enough defense, not because Thielen was pulled off. I, I really think they did a good job there to make sure he was okay, and he's fine. So it's all good. I, 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 for all the criticism that they get, I'll give him a pat on the back for that one. I, I think they did their job. It's not me criticizing it. I'm not criticizing it, right? And you're right. It's just a weird timing. It was a third and ten. It's, for me, the question is more like, have we opened Pandora's box? You see, like, with these roughing the passer calls and stuff, like, it's already how opened, far? But I'm saying, like, how far will the pendulum swing? I know they talked about, like, we are going to see this. This is the first time I remember being invested in a game and watching in a crucial situation a key skill player goes down. I just wonder if we're going to start seeing this more and more often and the ap- impact it might have on, you know, the flows of games and deciding factors if you take out big players on big spots. Um, I think it, like are they going to pull think, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl if he was doing the same thing? Are they going to call downstairs and be like, "Oh, TB12's got to get out for a, a play"? You know, um, I saw I on Monday human. Night Football. I think they're human. 
I think I saw on Monday Night Football last week a guy that you know when Big Ben had that you know the forearm to his head and he acted a little bit. The ref they didn't pull him. They just looked and they're like, "Ben, you okay?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm fine." And they just kept on going. Like, is there gonna be kind of a uh, a sliding scale on who you are? Uh, because of this. Remember, there's reports that Brady did get concussed in that Super Bowl, and they didn't pull him out. Yeah, I think they're human, and yeah, in the Super Bowl, they won't have the guts to be like, uh, I think Brady's a little woozy out there. I, I just I just think that's the reality of it. They're human beings, and they'll, they'll feel the pressure of the moment, and they won't want to pull the trigger on something like that. If it's really obvious, that's one thing. Like, Cook's Cooks left the Super Bowl last year. I mean, I think people f- tend to forget that, but right. Cooks was knocked out of the game last year because of a concussion in the Super Bowl. So um, they, they did take certain precautions, just not all the precautions. So um, all right, let's go. Speaking of the Patriots, let's start there because they're playing the Dolphins and they need to get this one to get back on the right foot. Uh, they are currently two, one and two and the Dolphins are three and oh, it'd be a pretty amazing feat if the Dolphins went to four and oh and dropped the pads to one and three. I do not expect it. Uh, I think this is going to be one of my picks. I'm going to give that six and a half uh, on New England. Uh, so I'm doing that prematurely. I know the picture in the final segment, but I'll just lead it with that. So it's a six and a half point spread. Uh, we have a 48 total right there. And, uh, you know, you have Tannehill who completed 17 of 23 for 289 with three touchdowns and rushed for 26 yards. A really good game last week, a 155.3 rating, just shy of perfect. And uh, Tannehill is really a guy that has become a popular waiver ad because he's played so well. And now he goes up against a Pats defense, which has struggled. Yeah, that's true. The Pats defense has struggled. And maybe this is just me ignoring kind of what I'm seeing in front of my eyes. But I can't believe that the Patriots do anything else but boat race Miami in this one and try to make a statement. You know, let's put together other things that you've been saying accurately. Also, blew it. this idea that uh, part of the Dolphins' kind of early season success was the fact that teams are coming down there in that Florida heat. You mentioned how a lot of the Sharps were on that early season schedule for Miami. Well, they come out of Florida. Florida and go up to New England for that. And on the other side, I also just like, you know, the Patriots in these last two games that they've lost at Jacksonville, at Detroit. They come home knowing they need a win. I think they make a statement. I also love it that the line has moved from seven down to six and a half. It's under a touchdown. I'm with you. And I could declare it right now. One of my picks is going to be New England minus six and a half. Yeah, so uh, Sony uh, staying on the Dolphins side. Kenny Drake had a career high 193 scrimmage yards uh, the last time they played, 114 rushing, 79 receiving. So um, people are getting very concerned about Kenyon Drake and uh, do I start him this week? I think he's going to be a question that we have just about every week, Dane. And certainly people are going to ask as to whether or not this is a Kenyon Drake week. What do you think of that? I think it is, to be quite honest. It's to our point, you know, I I talked about the extreme examples with the Rams and the Chiefs earlier in the show and how you can almost anticipate extreme game flow and what that means. Miami is like that also when it comes to Gore and Drake, right? I expect New England to be up big. I expect Tannehill to have to be in the shotgun with Drake on the field in a lot of the second half. So, yeah, I do think this is a week where Drake can do a little bit of work. I remember he had a big game late last year against New England on a Monday night 
night football. I also believe, Mike, that the reverse is true for the New England back. You know I've been on the stereotype Sony Michelle all week long. I think they're going to need to park the bus a little bit in this game in the fourth quarter. I think this is the breakout for Sony Michelle. Also because, you know, the Miami defense, it's the secondary. It's the back half that is the strength of that defense. I think Sony Michelle gets to, uh, gets to run. I could see him getting double-digit points this week. Never underestimate how Bill Belichick can muddy the waters, but I would yeah. say Burkhead being out does concentrate mm-hmm. the touches for uh, Sony Michelle and James White. I think they're actually White. both startable this week, and uh, we'll be rolling out with Sony Michelle in our league, as w- and I will be starting Sony Michelle in, I think, every league that I have him in. Um, one other guy from this game before we move to the next game, Jakeem Grant isn't somebody we talk about that much. Mm-hmm. He's been a... Deep waiver wire ad. I shouldn't say that deep because in a lot of leagues, I've seen him get added to the end of rosters. People just seeing the production. Last week, 70 receiving yards and two touchdown catches. He actually had a touchdown catch the last time these two teams played. So Jakeem Grant, with Devontae Parker not really even being a part of this offense, Jakeem Grant is becoming an option here as Tannehill has played well. He has, but I'm not on him. You know, I'm still going to be on Kenny Stills or Albert Wilson ahead of Jakeem Grant. Those were also, there was like, it was a trick play. You know what I mean? Blew it yeah. uh, for one of his touchdowns. Oh, one of them. So I just, yeah, but one of them. I just don't know. I just don't know if it's sustainable. Like, to me, Jakeem Grant is no different than like Tavon Austin. You know, and I mean, he may make it. a splash play, but it's not something that I'm going to invest in. We talk about probability, Blewett, and, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think the probability is towards Jakeem Grant doing that on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, it's a tough one to bet on, but if you're hitting bye weeks and you had, uh, sure. you know, Jameson Crowder, Crowder or Funches. DJ Moore or Funches or somebody like that, uh, somebody to consider. So here's another game. This is one of the ones I've been looking at, Dane. The Titans are a four-point home underdog. Mm-hmm. And now Marcus Mariota four and a half now. is healthy. Four and a half now. So there you go. So uh, Marcus Mariota is starting this game. He played most of the game last week, uh, coming in in, in off the bench uh, for a concussed Blaine Gabbard. But he's now going up against Carson Wentz, who's slowly getting healthier. Philly hasn't played well yet, but they're two and one, which they, they, you can complain about the Bucks loss but honestly they haven't played well in any of their three games yet top to bottom and they're two and one I think you should feel happier than that than as opposed to blowing the game against the Bucks by playing poorly so uh, both of these teams are two and one you know how I feel about the Titans top to bottom they also haven't played particularly well lose that weird game to the Dolphins and then they put up they won a 9-6 game and a a 20 to 17 game so they're not exactly blistering things offensively. But I just wonder if this is the week where they can get on track. you got Rashard Matthews who wants out. Um, probably super awkward in the locker room right now. Uh, I don't know that this is a Derrick Henry game, but I think it is a Corey Davis game. Yeah, I, I – um... Blewett, I think this is a Deion Lewis game. I like the Corey Davis call, but I think this is a Deion Lewis kind of game. We just made that point about, like, what defenses you're facing. The Philadelphia Eagles run defense. You know they have that stout defensive line with about seven or eight bodies that they can rotate in, right? And so I think this is a Deion Lewis game. And, you know, you're right. The Eagles have not won 
you know, they haven't really beat up on anybody. They got the close win against Atlanta, a close win against Indianapolis. And so I can see the home team here. You know, four and a half points is a lot for a home team that's above 500. The Eagles in a non-conference road game, it's a struggle. I can see, you know, the Eagles are something of a public team and the Titans are the opposite end of that spectrum. But I'm with you. I can see the home dog here getting four and a half points. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey has gotten the medical green light and a good chance of playing Sunday against the Titans. So, J.J. is banged up. I added him in one league because he had been dropped. Uh, mm-hmm. They both, both Ajay and Darren Sproles sat out practice on Wednesday, but I was listening to Dr. A in the previous hour. It looks like he's got a slight uh, back fracture, but it isn't yeah. a vertebrae fracture. It's a transverse process fracture, which means it's probably painful, but it isn't something that will be that will create structural spinal damage. So, uh, yes, it is something that you at home and me and Dane would be <laughs> crying over, but not when you're playing football. He probably gets a shot and I plays. I hear they have that good painkillers in those locker rooms, though. Yeah, I would imagine. A little Toradol and uh, call yeah. it a day. So, um, so, uh, so J.H.I. Uh, probably back in the lineup here. Uh, I think Aguilar is a possibility here. The one thing I'd say about going back to Corey Davis, uh, I'm sorry, the one thing going back to the Titans, uh, Corey Davis does lead the team with 13 catches and 151 receiving yards. They haven't played well offensively yet, and he's still putting up uh, respectable or baseline numbers, I would say, just baseline numbers. Now keep in mind there's an opportunity for him to break out over the next several weeks. Taewon Taylor is a guy with Rashard Matthews out of the mix that you can put on your watch list and maybe add if you have somebody that you think you're not going to play on your bench. Because I think Taewon Taylor in his um, second season here could be somebody that is an option for them in this passing game if it starts to click. Uh, So we'll see. That's uh, an option there. But I'm going to think about that, Dane. I, I think that could be one of my picks, though. I like the Tennessee Titans getting the four and a half at home. Uh, let's move over to another game. Uh, let's see. It's probably worth talking about C.J. Beathard for a second, only because I'd like to get your thoughts on how you think this game will play out. Obviously, big injuries in this one with Joey Bosa out and Jimmy Garoppolo out for the rest of the season. Uh, Chargers have been humming on offense. Melvin Gordon uh, been a great first-round pick for us. I know Keenan Allen is banged up, and Dr. A doesn't love his chances of being fully healthy, but nonetheless, Keenan Allen's probably going to be out there again this week. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it sets up for the Chargers to get back on the good foot. You know, they are one and two, but their two losses are to the Chiefs and the Rams, right? So that's not a problem, uh, in my opinion. But I like I like the Chargers. In fact, um, the Chargers are going to be my survivor pick this week because if I don't have to worry about the point spread, I definitely think they will get a W. Um, you know, C.J. Beathard. Remember, Blewett, last year before Jimmy Garoppolo took over, the Niners were what? Something like 1-10? in 10? That was under C.J. Beathard. I mean, there was some Hoyer yeah. there as well, but that was under C.J. Beathard. I don't think their offense gets it done. I know they may have beat hard, may have a little bit of chemistry with George Kittle. They were like roommates and friends at Iowa, but I'm all over the Chargers. I don't know if I would lay the 11 points, though, Blewett. That's what it comes down to for me. That is a lot. 
Um, we've seen it every week, you know, a big point spread. The other team that just wins outright at times, you know. We saw it with, obviously, the Bills last week. So I think the Chargers win this game, um, but I don't know that I would lay the 11 points, but I am comfortable making them my survivor pick for week four, a non-conference road team who just lost their starting quarterback and is reverting back to a quarterback that had them 1-10 last year, uh, um, going up against Phillip Rivers and the Chargers, who desperately need a win to keep pace with Kansas City in that division. I wish the Chargers were playing better, but I'll blow the secret now. They are my survivor pick for this week. Right, uh, I'm going to go too. with the Chargers. I don't like Beathard on the road in this spot. What I think it's really a bummer about this is it puts us into flux. I think the only guy you can feel good about right now is George Kittle. I think it puts Marquise Goodwin. I think it upsets the apple cart with him a little bit. Mm. Uh, at least it takes the top off of his upside. And then on the running back position, uh, we saw Matt Breida, obviously, with a breakout game, and now he's a little banged up, but he says he believes he's going to be ready to go this weekend. Um, so well, how do you see the, the running back situation playing out for the Niners? Or do they go to a really run-heavy attack here with using both of them? So here's the thing. Alfred Morris popped up on the injury report as well. He was limited yesterday with a knee. Okay, so Breida's got a knee, and Morris has a knee. I can see... Uh, where you were going with this maybe a little bit more kind of three yards in a cloud of dust kind of thing. When they had Jimmy G. Especially for this game. Exactly. I agree. Trying to keep Phillip Rivers off the field as well, right? Um, so that's what, something you do when you face a high-octane offense. Remember, we said the same thing, uh, blew it last week with Matt Patricia keeping Tom Brady off the field on Sunday night football, right? That's something, that's a way you attack it. So I can see that, and I can see the Niners, you know, just kind of changing their approach, the way they want to try to win games, right? I can see that happening. So, um I believe I thought that this could be a little bit of an uptick for Alfred Morris, a little bit more opportunity. But then when I see he pops up on the injury report, you know, I don't know that that's the way they go. Yeah, um, we'll come back. We'll talk. I think Mike Williams, by the way, is becoming a guy that you can really put into your lineups every week. We said I think that at the that point. Yeah. Um, so we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about a couple more games. We'll do our picks and send you out on a good note for week four. It's Mike and Dave. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on MST. Yeah. Going on a Friday. Head on over to dailyroto.com. It's the industry leading daily fantasy site that has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings millionaire million dollar tournament winners. And millions more in smaller prizes for countless subscribers. So once you're there, just click on Go Premium. You can use the same daily fantasy line optimizer that has helped Daily Roto customers achieve such remarkable success. And if it's sports wagering you're into, click on the new sports betting tab. 
you're going to be able to use the same tools that have produced all those daily fantasy winnings for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, and player props. So go to DailyRoto.com and enter FNTSY for a special discount. DailyRoto.com, the industry where website where the website where millionaires are made, literally. So um, we're going to keep going. A couple more games. Uh, we left you there with the Mike Williams thing. I mean, I I don't know what your lineups look like, your rosters look like, but you got really got to consider uh, that game. Uh, let's talk about because we were talking about this during the break. Let's talk about that Bengals Falcons game. The line was five and a half. It's moved yeah. down now to four. So the yeah. public money came on the Bengals early, but at that five and a half, that's no man's land. So you had yeah. to see which way the public was feeling. I think people are down on the Falcons a little bit too much. If you pressed me on this game, I don't think it's going to be one of my picks, but if you pressed me on this game, I would take the Falcons minus four. I would also acknowledge, as I said, Dane, I don't know that I have a good read for the Bengals. I actually think they're pretty good. I just don't know if they can pull this off. They played fairly well on the road. They beat the Colts. They hung with Carolina last week. I just don't know if they can hang here for the Falcons that desperately need a win at home. Yeah, I agree with you. Listen, it was at five and a half yesterday, and I liked it at five and a half. I, I, I kind of, when I put in my picks uh, originally, I liked Cincinnati plus the five and a half. You've heard me all week long, this idea that, you know, Keanu Neal out, Ricardo Allen out, Deion Jones out, uh, the improved offensive line in Cincinnati. I thought this was going to kind of be a back and forth game, maybe one with like the last team with the ball having a chance. I could see this also. The reason I'm going to stick with Cincinnati on this one and you know it's hard for me to kind of bet on something this specific I could see this being a backdoor cover blew it I could see this being going from like a 10-point game to a three-point game in the fourth quarter going back and forth like that I think Cincinnati will be able to move the ball and score against this Cincinnati secondary whether quite frankly whether AJ Green is there or not I believe in this offensive line um on the flip side, you know, the let me say one, is, let me inter- let, yeah, let me interject one thing. I, the crazy part about the Falcons is that they are playing such tight games. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that they're now out right. three defensive starters. They lost the 18-12 game against against the Eagles Philly. on opening night, which we all thought they should have won. Then they right. beat Carolina 31-24 where they had a lead and frankly, the Panthers backdoored a touchdown or two and back, kept right. and made it close. Um and then they lose the overtime, overtime game to the Saints. Saints where, I mean, they probably could have won that game. I mean, they absolutely could have won that game, too. I don't, I'm going to hesitate to say should. They just didn't make enough plays. But that's an overtime game where they could have had that one as well. So I, every game could be like that this year for the Falcons. Yep. I'll just give them the nod here. I do think they get the win and cover. Now, here's the thing, though. It certainly wasn't at play last week when Matt Ryan had, like, five touchdowns. But the narrative also with this team is can they punch it in, right? Can they get touchdowns instead of field goals? You know, I have Matt Bryan as a kicker all over the place for that exact reason, right? That And, you know, it's a good offense that plays inside a dome. But if they're also struggling to convert, you know, field goals instead of uh, touchdowns instead of field goals, that to me – I I just think this is going to be a back-and-forth kind of game. Like you say, with the flow that the Falcons have had, they have been in close games, one-score games every week, and I think Cincinnati is equipped to stick with them. I think the back door could be open. I'm going to lean. uh, We're going to be against each other on this one, Blewett. I think I'm going to go Cincinnati here. So bad stats for the Falcons' defense. They are uh, 31st in allowing first downs, so that means teams are just sustaining drives on them. Average drive time, 28th in the league. Um, 
turn, they're not turning the ball over much on anybody. So uh, I think that's the problem that they're having, and they're going to continue to have, which is why maybe, Dane, yeah, I can stick with this game. Ooh, 53 and a half. You going low? No, forget it. 53 and a half. I don't like that number. I would go I would go over if you've pressed me on it, but uh, I'll okay. say no. Let's talk about one more game before we get to our picks. Do we have time? Yeah, we did. Cool. Um, Steelers, Ravens. We, I feel like we brushed over a lot of different games, but the Sunday night game, my squad, the Pittsburgh Steelers, will take on the Ravens. Very Always known as a, you know, maybe the – yeah, it's up there. It's, it might be the best Physical rivalry. Physical rivalry, yeah. Yeah, but – this over is 50 and a half. It's not your older brother's Raven Steelers game anymore right. uh, where they're knocking guys out and playing tough defense. The Steelers are obviously struggling defensively. And, you know, the Ravens aren't what they used to be. We had concerns about this team and how they yeah. might be aging on the defensive side of the ball. They are currently 2-1, and, one, uh, and which is better than the Steelers 1-1-1. One, one, and one. I look at God, the Ravens are so injured right now. It's unbelievable, but their defense has played well to start the year. They've allowed they have allowed the least amount of yards in the entire league. They have allowed the least amount per drive, and they are really limiting teams in passing the ball. But one of them was a Nate Peterman game. Uh, they lost to Dalton, who threw all over them, and then they limited Case Keenum last week. So. You know, just a couple of other stats. James Conner is obviously off to a good start. We talked about Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a little bit banged up, but uh, looks like he's going to play. And John Brown, the last time he played against the Steelers three years ago was for Arizona. He had 10 mm-hmm. catches for 196. And John Brown is a type of fantasy player thus far this season that nobody's really talking about, but he's produced. Yeah, he has. I'm looking at two other guys, though, on this Ravens offense. I got to tell you the truth. I'm attacking the Pittsburgh Steelers' pass defense. Give me Joe Flacco. Okay, I think Joe Flacco, if you lost Jimmy G, if you have Cam Newton on a bye, something like that, I think uh, Flacco is a decent one-week fill-in. Don't look now, but he's in the top 10 in passing yards and in a lot of passing categories. And uh, I think you could attack this Pittsburgh secondary. Look at what Ryan Fitzpatrick did last week. And I'll also tell you, I'm warming to the idea of Buck Allen. Buck Allen has gotten to the end zone every game so far this year. Alex Collins' usage has gone a little bit down. He's got a little bit of a fumbling problem. And in a game where I think they could be back and forth, like you said, it's not your older brothers, Steelers and Ravens, I think Buck Allen out of the backfield could be something to watch on Sunday night. Steelers fourth worst against uh, fantasy points against uh, for wide receivers. So a lot of opportunity there uh, for Ravens wide receivers, no matter who you pick. Roethlisberger in his past three home meetings against this Ravens team, 1,125 passing yards, 375 wow. per game with 11 wow. touchdowns and two picks. So this is home Roethlisberger. This is the type of week where you would play him. Now, if you were me, Roethlisberger or Ryan, that's a choice I have in one league. That's interesting. Both of these that's games have one. totals in the that's low 50s. Um Give me Roethlisberger just because of the weird narrative of them not being able to punch it in in the red zone uh, for Atlanta. I got more faith uh, in the Steelers. Uh, the Daily Roto numbers have them, like, nearly tied. I mean, yeah, just right give me Big there. Ben. Yeah. I'll take Big uh, Ben, but you're right. It's a coin flip. Yeah. That, that let's is get a, to our picks, though, man. Awesome. Yeah, let's do it. 
Uh, all right, so you already know two of mine, right? You got the Patriots. I lost on the Rams, uh, Vikings over Dunder, last night. Yeah. We got the Patriots. So why don't you do? And we we are both picking the Chargers for Survivor. We are both picking the Chargers for Survivor. We are both on the Patriots minus six and a half versus Miami. I am going to take the under on Monday Night Football, Kansas City, Denver. It was at fifty six. It's moved to fifty four and a half. I'm still going to take the under. I just think, listen, division matchup. The Broncos know the Andy Reid scheme more than most teams. Patty Mahomes. I think he continues to be great. I think the Chiefs continue to put up points. I just don't know if Denver can keep up with them. I do like the Denver defense. I think to your point, you try and slow down these th- these teams, maybe uh, try to run the ball a little bit more. I just don't think it's going to get up that high. I think this game stays in the 40s. Give me the under Kansas City-Denver on Monday night. All right. And your final or our final picks. I'm going to let you go first because you already know yours. You I'm really – Yeah. Yeah, I'm really bad. <sighs> I told you, this one also moved a point and a half – uh, you know, kind of in support of what I was seeing. We talked about it before. The Cincinnati Bengals were plus five and a half. They are now only plus four. And you're right, Blewett. This this is a tough week. You know, there's a lot of games where part of me wants to make a bet, but I'm like, eh, I don't know. But the Giants are up to plus four at home. That's I know. interesting. That is. is interesting to me. Uh, you know, it's the crazy dog that in people Arizona. Are, people probably think we're crazy that we're talking about it with the Saints, but – you start to get home dogs, or they start getting uh, four. Points. Your Tennessee yeah. four and a half home dog is very four twenty five. America's game, G men. Yeah. Eli playing way that better than people interesting. think. That is interesting. Oh, you know what? Give me the home dog. That could be the, the Odell game. That Give could be the, the Odell game. Four. Give me the Giants That's plus four. Fact. I'm going to take the home dog more than a field goal in a game that could be back and forth. The Saints pass rush hasn't been what it was last year. If they can keep Eli upright, I think they can hang with the with Drew Brees. I told you I have Kamara and Barkley as my DFS running backs in this game. Um, yeah, give me this as like a 27-24 kind of game. Give me the Giants plus four at home. I really want to pick a home dog. I really yeah, do. There's a couple of and, them. Yeah, and I, you know how I feel about the Titans. But I'm going to mm-hmm. – what I have to stop trying to do is I have to extract my overall feelings about the Titans for, right. from the, my week-to-week picks. And Matt Ryan. Too. I, that too. <laughs> Always Matt Ryan, I admit. And Luke Keekley for that matter. But um, so this is going to – this is a tough one. And I'm trying to extract the emotions again. But God, I think the Steelers are going to win again, and oh. the three the three is not a big deal to me. I think if they're going to do it, uh, they'll do it by the field goal. Uh, shoot, stole <laughs> my pick with the Giants. You can go ahead. We're on the Pats together. It's okay. Ah, I want to. I just want to have fun. You want to take it. the Rosen uh, one in his debut? The Rosen one no. in his debut? No chance. Are you crazy? You more than a field goal. That's that's crazy talk. I, I, right. I'm I'm staying away from that game because if Josh plays well, they can win. Seattle can't win the ball very much. Um, uh, so I think uh, Denver plus five at home against Patty Mahomes. That's the worst spread. The five. It's the five away is from the five number. point spreads. That means that Vegas doesn't know what to do with it. So yeah. all right, I'll stick with my. I'll, I'll go with the homer pick here. Uh, I'll go with the Steelers minus three. So that's my final one there. All I right. think they do get the win. They post themselves to two, one, one, and one. Uh, with that weird record, or two, one, and one, whatever it is, I added an extra yeah. one. Uh, so that's the deal. I'm going to be on on Sunday all morning, eight to one. 
Uh, we'll do all kinds of DFS stuff and all that stuff. I know normally on Fridays we spend a little time on DFS, but there was so much to talk about from last night's game. I think it uh, pushed that away from us. So uh, we we found our spreads on mybookie.ag. So please go to mybookie.ag and try the Prop Builder tool. Enter the promo code FNTSY and you receive a 50% deposit bonus. So thank you for listening on this Football Friday. Mike and Dane will be back on Tuesday. Dane, uh, hopefully we push to 4-0 and in our league. Yeah, buddy. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to everybody. On Sony Tuesday. Michelle this week, guys. Sony Michelle, the stereotype.